Okay, guys, so let, let's say, you know, e-commerce e brands, right? I'm, I'm an e-commerce brand. I've been selling online for quite a while now, but I'm sure a lot of people out there have heard of affiliate programs, right? But maybe they have a referral program right now, but they think affiliates are scammy. What do you say to those people that say that? Well, how dare you, first <laughs> of all. But no, I mean, any, I mean, sure, if they can be, your internal sales rep can be scammy, right? It's, anyone can be scammy. It's how you manage it. It's how you build the program. It's how you put some gates in front of it so that doesn't come to bite you. But yeah, they can be. I think that reputation's out there because it's a low-hanging fruit for people to get into affiliate marketing or internet marketing. They can be an affiliate first and they kind of start that way and learn a lot. But that doesn't mean you can't operate with affiliates in an unscammy way. That's two very different things. So that's how we help guide people. Like, hey, you can actually build this program in a way that isn't scammy. You can get in front of it. You can vet people. You can uh, allow certain types of affiliates or block certain types of affiliates. And that's the management portion of that affiliate program that comes into play. Okay, so affiliate management is more the key there instead of just, I think a lot of people just think, okay, once I open my offer up to affiliates, it's game over for my brand, something yeah, like that. If you're, like, if you're a big brand, like I don't think you should be opening up to every single affiliate on the internet, right? That's exposing yourself to too much risk because affiliates can be risky, right? You're entrusting someone else to do your marketing and sales for you. But if you actually vet and qualify and disqualify, that's a big part of it too, disqualifying the wrong affiliates for you and making sure that they know, oh, I'm not gonna have success here and go somewhere else. If you can be doing all those pieces in place, you should have no problem operating with affiliates at scale, despite the fact that some affiliates can be scammy. You can still work within that. Wait, are you saying running an affiliate program takes a little bit of effort? Oh my gosh. <laughs> You'd never believe it, right? Yeah, yeah. Who, who doesn't build a revenue channel? It could be millions of dollars without a little bit of work, right? Yeah, yeah I think if you're stand-up, you just let someone say like, oh yeah, Facebook? No, it's a piece of cake. You just put up one ad and you just make right. cash hand over <laughs> fist. Um, Kyle, question for you then. Um, so, you know, as far as, you know, brands dealing with you know their reputations they hold it like close to their chest who have you seen kind of in the industry that's done a really good job of starting an affiliate program but still needing to protect their own brand yeah i mean we we use lots of examples there we organify pure thrive um you know even recently we've seen natural health sherpa do this well, that was a weird way to say natural health <laughs> um and, and you know even a company i used to work for mindful health we had that same concern and i think one of the things to remember too as like i mentioned like affiliates are a spectrum technically joe rogan has been an affiliate before right he's an affiliate marketer at times i mean most people would consider most people would consider not a scam artist just a content producer so there's a huge wide spectrum of really high quality affiliates that go out there and be advantageous for you uh, and really help sell your brand without having to be on the spectrum of like yeah there's some people down here that, that aren't great now things that help you do that is understanding what affiliates align with your message and that's really critical if you're going to be a heavy brand understand what that brand is and understand who connects with it, whether it's a blogger, whether it's even a media buyer, someone might understand what you're trying to get across. So you kind of change a little bit. I want to ask questions with who I'm going to work with first. I'm going to qualify. Do they understand my messaging? Do they understand the marketing? Or sometimes you might be in a situation you understand your own marketing. So, um, you know, using affiliates that at least are mission aligned, they can actually now become a resource to help you craft your own cold marketing, right? So if I have some affiliate that could go out and they understand the mission, they really connect with, for example, Organifi, the idea of one scoop to change your life. You're going to make people healthier, happier, just by having more green juice 
easily accessible to them. Somebody really connects with that, they go and take that messaging to a market that I don't really understand and I could watch and see because they get my mission and then how they frame that and boom, now I have a marketing message that I could go out and scale based on what this affiliate did. So just to kind of dial back as e-commerce brands, yeah, they're scamming people, but there's huge opportunities with the right paired partnership, not only in terms of what they do, but what that can mean to forecasting and really scaling out future growth for you. So I think that's one thing to really remember um, and keep inside your head when you start thinking about affiliates. It's the right partnerships. Qualify and make sure you match up on those missions and you'll see not only just those immediate sales with them, but opportunities and doors open up that you might not have thought about before. Got it. So, so, oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Thomas. I was gonna say, look at any major direct-to-consumer mattress brand, right? Casper, Purple, all those guys, right? They're all operating with affiliates at mass scale. If you do any kind of direct, uh, direct you know, ship to you mattress brand Google search, it's all affiliate articles out there. And they're all doing influencer marketing, which are all just a version of affiliate marketing and part in uh, performance marketing. So it's like, oh, I can't do affiliates because I'm branded. That's a very big misnomer out there. A lot of the big brands do affiliate marketing. It just might look differently than what you're expecting it to. Got it. So they, okay. It's not as, they're not as forward front facing, kind of like seen on some of the affiliate networks, but they're still doing a version of affiliate marketing with these, some of these outreach. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. 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 And I would even say, you know, you could look at um, you know, a rack a ton at share sale. You could see huge brands that are on those websites using affiliates. Now, once again, they actually make people apply to be able to promote the product. You could do the same. Don't feel like you have to throw, you know, some janky CPA network and throw your offer up there and then be surprised that something went wrong. You know, if that's important to you and that's important to your business, be the person that sets that standard, qualify it, but also produce something that people want to sell too, right? So as long as you're not like, here, here's my crappy product that doesn't convert and I'd like you to apply to do so, um, that that could be a challenge, but it's a very effective strategy for so many different reasons. Um, and even the biggest brands out there are utilizing it. So um, I don't think you should tell yourself that it's not right for you. If it's right for Casper and Coke and Nike, you know, I, I think they might be doing something right. Um, and so it's good to kind of fall suit. So I guess like shifting the conversation a little bit. So, you know, uh, sure. Some of these, these bigger program, these, these bigger companies have, have pretty large kind of hidden affiliate programs. And we'll, I think what's more, maybe a common more term in the industry is a referral program. So can you guys break down the difference between a referral program and an affiliate program and kind of why one's better than the other or why e-commerce brands have tended to fall towards a referral program rather than starting their own affiliate program? Sure. Yeah. I think to me, the big difference between a referral program and affiliate program, in my opinion, usually a referral program is built with your existing customers, right? So you're going to roll out like, oh, we have this referral program. If you refer us to a friend, you'll get cash back or a coupon code or X dollars off, maybe some actual monetary incentive right into your pocket. Um, but it's usually, in my opinion, using your actual customers, whereas an affiliate program is going out there and finding people not necessarily associated with your brand at all. They haven't been a customer. Maybe they have or maybe they haven't, but they've got their own wide audience that they're going to. And they've got a one to many audience versus more of like a, hey, you should try Casper, right? Here's my referral code and you'll get $50 off and I'll get $50 back towards my next purchase. That's more of a referral program for me. And I think what people miss on is that you can have both running, right? They're very mutually aligned at the right with the right type of brand. 
Got yeah, it. yeah, I'd say it, spot on, Thomas. The idea is like a referral program is a great way to just deal with the conversations that are already happening with people that buy your product. They're excited. Now I'm creating and arming them to create a better experience when I talk to somebody. I think the best referral programs are actually ones that aren't designed on monetization for the person referring, but for the person receiving the referral. So that's because ultimately we're facilitating conversations we assume are happening. When Betsy comes in and says, like, oh, you know, Willa, you seem like you're so rested. Well, hey, I was sleeping on my Casper mattress. You should give it a try. So, you know, that that's what you're looking for versus affiliates are people that have access and attention to an audience already or skills to go out and put attention to a certain audience, whether that's media buying or whatever. So that's a huge distinction. And the programs are gonna be vastly different because a person over here might refer one or two people, maybe one. Most people would probably only refer one person in a referral program. Affiliates, you're looking at hundreds and thousands of new customers when profitably incentivized. Um, depending on the size, it could be even more than that. You could get in the tens of thousands, maybe the hundreds of thousands, I don't know. Um, but, but that's the kind of potential from one affiliate versus this referral program. So they're very different and you should address them very differently and not commingle them because we're talking about a completely different sales process and individual doing the selling. Got it. That, that's interesting. So I, mean, I guess like, you know, if let's say, because we've, we've seen this out there, right? Like, like you, you were talking about having both, right? Like they can kind of work, Thomas, you were saying like in conjunction with each other, but I think there's a lot of e-com brands out there. Let's say that they have their own affiliate program, but when you know an affiliate goes to their page, right? They'll see something like, "Hey, you can earn a two percent commission, <laughs> right? Um, you know, or five percent commission," and it's buried in the footer. How do you? What do you tell those ecom brands? Uh, you know, on hey, this is not the right way to run an affiliate program. Yeah, because to me, that type of affiliate program is like, oh yeah, we do affiliates, right? And we kind of check a box. <laughs> um, and what I do to them, I start asking them questions like how much does it cost for you to acquire a customer through your cold media spends? And you're like, if you're advertising on Facebook, wherever you might be advertising as your brand, how much does it cost you to acquire that customer? Not from organic or things like that might be warmer. And then it's like, okay, well, it's costing you, let's say 70 bucks to acquire a customer, but you're going to pay an affiliate $3, right? With your small percentage on a first sale type commission. I'm like, how is that aligned at all? If you're trying to expose yourself to a cold audience, which is that affiliate's audience, they're cold to your brand. How does that make sense? And, it starts, and I start getting to think about customer acquisition, not profit. Because a lot of people think that, oh, affiliates are cheap. I can just give them 10%, they'll be super happy. Some will, right? There's some like long tail influencer type affiliates that might be fine with a small percentage. They just want to give their these products to that type of customer. Um, but really, if you're talking to a performance marketer affiliate, someone who can drive hundreds of thousands of customers to your brand, you'll get left out of the room if you offer them a very small amount of your average order value as a commission, because they're gonna go, oh, why wouldn't I go somewhere yeah. else? <laughs> like, I'll just go to your competitors offering me 50%, right? And then they'll kind of go that way. So it's getting to think about, this is a customer acquisition funnel and in that kind of branch, if you want this to go at scale, if you want it to be 5% of your overall revenue, sure, you can just have this kind of checkbox. We do affiliates, Here's a, here it is in the footer. And you'll get like more of like the referral type affiliates, people that really know, like, and trust your brand already. Um, but you won't get exposure to the big performance marketing affiliates, the ones that can really move the needle for you. Got it. Yeah, no, I, I think that's perfectly said. And just I, the old adage, you get what you pay for, right? <laughs> so if you're not gonna put in any time and money, and really, if you had that low percentage hidden in a footer somewhere, it's either a bad referral program or a really bad affiliate program. And the only way to even make that work would be, be spending 
millions of dollars probably a month in CPM brand awareness campaigns versus, hey, why don't, instead of doing that, let's really focus on, here's our CPA, let's go offer that to people that could go out and really penetrate new markets that we haven't been able to touch yet and have them go do it and pay them a commission to do so. Um, and the great thing about it is it's not a CPM model. It's not something you have to front load all this cash and hope and pray for performance. It's something where you put an incentive out there knowing what you could do and people get to make the decision if they could go make it happen. They're gonna go test and try. And if it doesn't work, then one, you're gonna also understand there might be a problem in our messaging. We can't penetrate any of these markets. We put a nice commission out there. Maybe we need to optimize a little bit more. Affiliate marketing can be a great source of problem solving, problem identification. When you're struggling for acquisition, there's brands we talk to all the time. They're like, I just struggle with acquisition because they're an e-com brand and they're so reliant on so much touch points prior to somebody ever landing on their sales page. Hey, you need, um, I, you know, I've heard three to five, three to five touch points before someone's willing to buy. That is a ton of content and a ton of marketing you have to be responsible for versus an affiliate. Oftentimes it's one because they have such a trust, they have a big trust relationship. They know how to go cold acquisition. And so you're really shortening up your sales cycle and better understanding where it could be broken as well if something is something is happening. So um, I, I think it's definitely a really amazing source um, for people, but you want to invest into it. If you don't put any money into it, if you don't create that incentive, um, I would even tell you you don't have an affiliate program. You should probably stop calling it that. So. For sure. No, it's interesting. So like, yeah, I mean, you guys both brought up something I think that's really important that a lot of businesses are like hyper focused on, right? It's customer acquisition cost, right? Like, what does it what does it cost to acquire that single customer? And you know, if you it, you know, we all have lived through this pandemic, right? We've seen businesses go online, people go online more, right? We pulled a stat the other day: Facebook CPMs are up forty nine percent from yeah. January twenty twenty. I mean. And it's only going up, right? As more people jump online, more people are shopping online. There's more competition, right? So, what you know? How do you? How have you seen businesses combat this rising cost of media, where you know their margins are shrinking in their customer acquisition, right? Like, how how do you? How have you seen the most successful e-com brands combat that? Yeah, and for me, it's been I've been surprised at how well some brands have been able to pivot to getting a higher average order value on that first cart by doing really creative things with bundling and getting customers to take more product, you know, really still adding value to that customer, but getting a much higher AOV. Like it's not surprising anymore to see a supplement funnel get, you know, a 200 to $300 AOV, which two years ago, that would have been like, oh my gosh, you like, something's wrong <laughs> like, yeah. off the internet. <laughs> right? Um, and right now it's like these AOVs are getting so high that they can help front that spend that the customer acquire the customer. Um, the other big part is diversifying into new traffic streams, right? You've seen TikTok explode. You know, Spotify's, we we're just chatting about this. Spotify's rolling out their podcasting ads in 2022, right? There's all these new ad kind of platforms rolling out and there's always new ones rolling out and being able to diversify into that. That's where affiliates can be helpful, right? Because you expose yourself to all these marketers who might be playing in these different avenues that you don't have the resources internally to do. So if you kind of tap into affiliates to be your branch into TikTok and arm them to do that, right? That you kind of help create that happen. Or if you're working with an agency that's on a performance model and they have the creative assets to go out and do that for you, you can get exposed to these new platforms that have a wider reach and a lower customer, uh, customer cost of acquisition or lower CPM. Got it. So I guess another question that, that brings us up. So if you are looking to, it sounds like diverse, channel diversification is a, a big, mm -hmm. a big trend there. So 
I guess, Kyle, I'm curious. So like if you, let's say, you know, you're an online brand and you, you do want to channel diversify, but you don't have the time and the effort Are like affiliates, a good way to branch into that. Affiliates can be a fantastic way to branch into it. And even piggyback off what Thomas is saying too. One of the things we're seeing a lot of brands doing is they're really combining their organic content with their performance and paid content. Affiliates are a fantastic blend to do that. If you're going to affiliates that are already producing great organic content on these various channels, whether it's TikTok, whether it's Twitch, whether it's Spotify, whether it doesn't really matter. There's so many out there, right? If they're already doing it, they're already experts. Why go and forge your own path when someone's already, you know, miles ahead of you? Take advantage of that. So it's a really fantastic way to go tap into that. And if you're saying, well, how do I find these people? Where are they? Networks are a fantastic place. Going to, you know, great Facebook groups are another one. Going to, out to events and talking and finding and asking who are the people that are doing this. I didn't tell you a couple of years ago, trying to find a YouTube affiliate was really, really hard. If you weren't paying for an agency, you weren't going to find it. That's not that hard anymore. I, there's several YouTube affiliates and people that are just buying media and you know paying for media on YouTube and being very successful. So right now there's a lot of offer owners that struggle in YouTube as a medium. They want to diversify. They're like, I don't know how. Well, talk to an affiliate. They already do. Um, and then you're not paying the risk that you have to with an agency. You know that someone's there, they're already doing it, and they're only going to be successful if you're successful as well, which is not the agency model, unfortunately, that most people are, are, are used to. I was going to say, can you guys can you guys kind of compare and contrast the, like, why would I use like an affiliate uh, affiliate program or affiliates versus an agency? Like, what's, what's the benefit of going towards affiliates versus hiring an agency to do pretty much all your all your advertising for you. I, I could answer that pretty fast. It comes down to scale. Um, at the end of the day, if I'm buying media, I could buy at a break even or even a loss, and it's going to be okay for me if I'm acquiring. So in an agency, I'm doing with an agency, they are incentivized to spend, not to make margin, right? So for certain companies and certain situations, that makes a lot more sense. First, if I have, uh, we'll use Facebook as an example, Facebook media buyer, they are only going to spend to where they have enough margin to keep their business alive, meaning there's always a margin for more spend to occur every single time with an affiliate like that. So an agency model is going to shrink up that margin. Um, I would tell you though, that means that you need to have that traffic source really dialed in. If you really understand it, you know you're built for it, an agency speak a great way because you know you're going to just scale um, and get more scale than you otherwise with affiliates. Some people aren't comfortable with that risk. Or the other thing is what happens when that's going and then Facebook changes. And all of a sudden, um, you know, you're getting great ROI uh, and now your CPMs went through the roof and your conversions went down to the toilet and you're just hemorrhaging money. And on top of that, paying like a five to 10% fee to your agency on all that spend. So you just made a bad situation way, way worse. And it might be hard to pivot your business versus affiliates. They'll either one, dump your offer or they might be better at pivoting faster um, than sometimes you'll see with agencies of those things. So it just, just get, it scales the biggest difference there. Mm -hmm. um, and I would say you don't want agencies for everything. Um, you wanna know the traffic source you're hiring an agency for enough to know if they're doing a good or bad job. Yeah, I just wanna go back to, to the, how are people accommodating rising ad costs? Another big pillar of that is making sure their customer lifetime value is actually, they know it and they can track it and it's growing. Because a lot of brands don't have an accurate number of their customer lifetime value at all. So then it's a guessing game on what they can actually spend to acquire the customer. And if you actually do the analytics and figure out what your LTV is, you might be surprised and go, oh, we can actually pay 20% more than we thought we could to acquire this customer before we're negative. So that can just increase your ability to keep playing on Facebook if that's the best channel for you. 
The other part too, you might go, oh man, our LTV sucks, right? So how do we actually get back into one that's good and start doing that? And this is hard if you're a newer company or if you've got one you know, good product to cross-sell, you don't have a lot of products to cross-sell because the easiest way is to start cross-selling other products you have or reselling the product that they bought. You can be an affiliate yourself. If you've got this customer list you've been growing and you've got the email lists, right? Which if you're on Amazon, maybe you don't. But if you have these email lists of the customers you've been that have been purchasing from you, you can be an affiliate yourself, right? And it doesn't have to, it can be aligned with your brand still. You can be adding value to your customers by being an affiliate. You can start to play that way and the earnings you make from your affiliate revenue now increase your customer lifetime. And it's all that's all profit for you, right? So you can monetize by being an affiliate, build that LTV out, and now all of a sudden you're spending more on the front end to actually acquire more customers coming through the channel. So I guess maybe that's a, that's a tactic and strategy for small to mid-sized online businesses where their their LTV isn't quite, quite where they want it. Do you guys recommend, is that something you say that like, hey, why not become an affiliate for other offers yeah. and like basically kind of bolster some cash up so that you can get to a point where you can dip into the negative when you, you know, is it, is it just putting more focus on like extending that lifetime value or like what, what is that? Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> it, it kind of a lot of things first, I'd say not just small to mid, like yeah. <laughs> there are large businesses out there that don't have their LTV dialed in. Don't mistake good success on the front end. It's always translating to great success on the back end. Um, and a lot of it, it's hard to calculate, right? As much data as we have, sometimes there's some challenges in, aggregating and then really defining that number. Now, that being said, I think affiliates are one of the most fantastic ways to do so. And the reason I always tell people that is just straight bottom line revenue. Most other things that you are going to do to generate revenue are going to have to pass through a lot of additional costs, not so much with affiliate offers. And you might say, well, hey, I don't want to do aggressive stuff or I don't want to email. People are going to be so annoyed every single day. So first, stop that. You know, <laughs> a lot of people think, oh, people don't like, most open rates are between 20 and 30%, which means 80 to 70% of your list is not reading an email every single day. It's ones that catch their eye. It's a self-selection process. So why not send an offer every single day? They're not going to see it every single day. They're not going to be annoyed every single day. And if they will, they'll unsubscribe and you'll know and see that data and you could pivot and adjust. Um, if you're still uncomfortable with that, there's always even options to, you know, create a duplicate list. So it'll get less performance, but you can be very aggressive there because it's going to be distance from your brand. Um, and I think there might be a podcast that we have that might go more in depth of that. And if there's not, we'll definitely get one. <laughs> <laughs> but but in general, like finding that way just to extract more. I, I used to talk about this a lot and still do. We focus so much on just purchase the same product again. We just want them to love it. And I think the problem is you lose sight of really the bigger picture of you were a part of a purchase, just be a part of the next purchase, whatever it might be, especially in supplements. We've seen this in supplements. Supplement buyers are impulse buyers more often than they are consistent buyers. And what I mean by that is I see something I think that it sounds really cool and then I buy a crap ton of it. I want to buy six of them. I want to go Costco level like woo. And then after that, I don't really care anymore until something else attracts me and sparks that impulse. And then I want to buy six more again. So I always tell people, if you don't have the products to be that next purchase, find somebody that does and be a part of it. Take a commission of that, take a percentage of it, put it in the bottom line, make that customer more valuable. Because ultimately the end of the day, we don't need to be the only brand that they're buying from. We don't need to be Apple because we don't have the, we don't have 200, you know, million dollars sitting in cash that we could just throw at people. Sorry, $200 billion in cash that we could just throw at people and acquire whatever technology we need to keep you in the communist sphere that is Apple. <laughs> Obviously, I'm an Android user. I don't know if that was apparent, but. <laughs> no, I think there's a, 
a few main reasons why most brands should be affiliates. I don't care if you're an e-commerce seller, if you're a course creator, whatever you might have. A, you build that customer lifetime value like we we're talking about, right? You get more profit coming in. If email, right, isn't generating 30 to 40% of your revenue, that's a big lever to pull. And if you don't know how to generate that, being an affiliate first is a great way to do that. So A, revenue, profit, customer lifetime value. B, it's product research, right? If you find that customers are really liking this product you're promoting as an affiliate, that might be a hint to you. It's like, does this align with our brand? And should we make our own product of this, our own type of product like this? To, so we A, get more margin for that, but also maybe we can do it better and right start to, that's a part of our cross sell now, that's a part of our brand offering and our product offering as a company. And then another big one is that if you wanna be an affiliate, if you want affiliates to promote your products, being an affiliate first is a great way to learn what to do wrong and what to do right. Because you're going to learn, wow, this is a really annoying program to work with, or this one worked really well. So you'll know, A, how to build a better program because you've been an affiliate and been through some of them. But B, you'll find that some of the biggest affiliates in your space are probably product owners themselves. And a great way to warm up that relationship is to be an affiliate for them. So if you're being an affiliate for them first, just to monetize and LTV and all these other things we just talked about, when you have your own program ready, that water is so much warmer than just trying to go to them cold once you've built the program, right? It's like, hey, I've been promoting, I've been sending 10 customers a day to you for the last year, right? I'd love to chat more about how we can work more together. And then it's like you're hopping on a call with them, you're figuring out, oh, hey, we've got our affiliate program. Do you think we could work out some cross promotions, some brand plays here, right? And that starts to move forward and move some big needles on both companies. Yeah, no, that, that's that's a great point because one, you already know on the Venn diagram, we, we intersect, right? Yeah. So you know that the audiences are similar. So it's a quick, we could tap and get in, into that audience more. We already know that's probably gonna convert and so on and so forth. So so that makes a ton of sense. Um, the other thing I just wanna kick back on just real fast, Thomas made a great point, he talked about research for affiliate marketing. So many offer owners get so caught up in surveys and the way that we think like, right, in terms of I project who I want to be, not who I actually am through survey results. So oftentimes you survey things, people are like, ah, I wouldn't want that. But then when you put an affiliate offer out, guess what you find out? People are always honest with the dollars they spend. There's no more truth than what we'll buy on the internet when no one's around. Um, and, and so that's super valuable information. And we get that from being an affiliate. You'll really know what they want, not what they'll tell you what they want. And that's the piece of information that's much, much more valuable. So yeah, it's a great point, Thomas. Yeah, that's good stuff. Um, so, I, you know, we've, we've talked a lot about, you know, affiliate programs, referral programs, right? How to how to kind of combat those those rising, rising media costs, right? And just customer acquisition as a whole. But there's a lot of companies out there that affiliates are not for. Checklist format. What are they? Oh, okay, so brands that affiliates aren't a good fit for? Yeah, let me, I guess I can ask that. Yeah, like, yeah. like who is actually a terrible fit for affiliates? <sighs> So this is hard. I, I like to assume that almost any business can work with affiliates. I, th I think it's more timing and if you're ready for that or not. If you don't have the mindset and gumption to actually make the resources for affiliates, if you're just thinking you're going to put and program out there and a bunch of affiliates are going to flock to it, even if you're going to, oh, I put on a network and I didn't get anything. If you're expecting a lot for not a lot of effort, you're probably not going to be happy with it. I think there's some big B2B type companies where affiliates right, probably don't make sense. But at that point, referrals probably make great sense and other types of that type of marketing, performance marketing. And so it's, to me, that's, it's okay. It's not affiliate marketing because you're not going crazy one to many, but you're working on a very lucrative referral program for your channel partners. It's really the same thing to me. It's just skin in a different way and operates a little differently. So that's where it's like, yeah, affiliates probably don't make sense for big B2B markets, but 
they are probably monetizing referrals in a way behind the scenes that you might not realize that look very similar to that. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, I would imagine if you're buying Salesforce, or I actually used to work for a company that sold investment and financial reporting software for large Fortune 500 companies. I don't know what affiliate that would ever work for, right? Like, and the sales cycle takes months and months and months and months. So if you have something where you have a sales cycle, it takes a really long time, really, really high price point, business to business, eh, it's probably not gonna be great. But on the flip side, if it's like towards small business owners and you have thought leaders that are talking about say, real estate investing or how to be a better plumber, right? Like those are a bunch of small businesses. There's probably thought leaders that people are watching to and talking to, or there's newsletters. Those are ideal affiliates. So. It's not to say that can't exist. And like you said, Thomas, for big ones to referral. The other one I would say that, that it might not work out for you would be if you don't have the things we just talked about. You don't have a back end. You don't even know what your back end numbers are. You have a small, low ticket item that's low margin that you're pushing out of a volume play. Kind of a good example is as seen on TV products. Um, they're, they're very low margin. They need high, high volume and economies of scale to make any money. So what are they gonna be able to offer an affiliate? Nothing really, there's not much there um, for them to really be incentivized to go out and promote. So something like that, if that's your business, you're probably gonna be on more of a CPM based media strategy than a CPA based you know, media and acquisition strategy. So I, I tell you, if you're leaning more towards pure CPM, you just are throwing money and hoping to get awareness um, so you can get mass volume, probably not a great strategy for you, but I also tell you like, you're doing different stuff anyway, and you probably yeah. have to have deep pockets to even make that work to begin with. And I, I feel too for like the newer entrepreneur out there, or the newer company out there is like, okay, we've built this product, we've built this offer, now I just need affiliates to test. It's kind of like, uh, it's a long road to hoe, right? Because mm -hmm. affiliates want to promote a proven offer. So if you have if you have something that's brand new and fresh, sure, you can throw it up on affiliate networks and you might get some traction there, but it's going to be very hit or miss and you don't really know what type of traction you're even getting or what type of traffic you're getting. So the testing on that is all over the place. So really, it's like if it's very not proven, go invest some of your resources into actually getting some traffic from whatever traffic source you like, right? If it's Facebook or YouTube, whatever makes sense for you build that in, get some stats, then come to an affiliate network or affiliates and go, hey, here's what's worked, right? And you'll have a much better time trying to recruit affiliates that way. I was gonna say, I, that was a, a big common misconception I saw, especially uh, at TNC, which we, you know, we were at, people would come up and say, you know, like, hey, I built this product, I'm ready for these affiliates, where are they? How do I get them? Do we just go to an affiliate network and they just show up? And I think there's a there's a big misconception out there that like, if if I build it, they will come. Um, so, you know, you kind of mentioned Thomas, but like Kyle, what, what do you recommend for those people that, you know, they just built a product, right? They're, it's, it's maybe it's selling, but they don't have it dialed down on, on cold traffic. What do you, what are some early next steps that they can do to prep themselves for affiliates? It's the art of getting lucky, Taylor. Like you have to find yourself to be prepared in a situation that when luck arises that you could take advantage, right? So um, I think the biggest thing is like Thomas said, you gotta find some traffic source you could put money into. If you can't even get that, like literally go down and just try and sell to people on the street if you have to. Whatever you need to do, you need to get people to buy it. You need human eyes on it before, because I think one of the biggest things these entrepreneurs and business owners do is they fall in love with their product more than anybody else did, which is okay until you need to sell it, right? And you think that your marketing message and the way that you're gonna sell is absolutely 100% perfect. Break that right away. Um, from there, you know, if you don't know how to do a traffic source, you don't know any of these ones, that's where you need to find somebody that does. 
go start partnering with somebody that has that type of traffic experience so they could kind of control your own testing. Um, so whether it's a local groups in your community, whether it's friends that you know, you start putting flyers out on Facebook, somebody that you feel like you could trust and that will be able to help you get there is probably gonna be the, the, the next best thing for you. Because Thomas is right, you're in a really tough situation if you're reliant on affiliates for traffic, you have no test traffic prior, you have no experience, and boy, you better hope that first test goes well. Because if it doesn't, you're probably not gonna get that many more. And, and even from like, to be transparent, Thomas and I, like we're, we'll do that occasionally. We'll look at an offer and think, all right, it seems right. I'm gonna try this, we'll see. But boy, if it just bombs, you know, it's really tough for us to want to keep trying to, to push that out there because ultimately everyone has a relationship that they're held accountable for. And if we send a bunch of bad offers to affiliates that trust and know us, they're going to stop trusting and knowing us, right? So, so um, I think it's like, just, yeah, oh, I was, yeah. Well, I was chatting with Amber on a podcast we were doing with her and it was like, right, people get confused. They're like, well, it's I'm offering 75% commission. It should be no problem for them to test it, right? It's all the risk is on, right? They might just not make any money. So there's no risk there. You know, I'm just going to pay them a lot. But the reality is, is that if you're working with affiliates, they're making their income with the traffic and the earnings they're sending to, right? So if they send to your offer and it doesn't convert, yeah, they haven't lost anything with like a big traffic spend or something like that, but they've lost out on revenue they would have had. And that is what's floating their business. So it is risky for them to send to an unproven offer, even though it's, oh, it's no risk, I'm paying, oh, they have potential to make a lot. Potentials only matters if it's proven. And that's why they wanna see that there's some of your sweat and blood into it with your media spend go, okay, yep, this is proven enough for me to take a risk on. And even if it doesn't bump, then it's like, okay, well, this doesn't work for my traffic, we'll move on to the next thing versus oh, brand new, never been seen before. That's gonna be a, eh. unless you're a big player in the space has actually put out winners before, then they're much more likely to jump on it. Yeah, or even if you have like a background, right? We've seen some people that come from the industry that didn't have an offer, they have one. You might be able to get away with that, but again, you're really putting yourself in a tough position. Um, so there's nothing better than having your own traffic source. And that could be, it doesn't have to be Facebook. It doesn't have to be YouTube or Google. You can go out and buy, um, you know, you email blast. Yeah, yeah, you can buy a list drop from an affiliate instead mm -hmm. of on a pure performance basis, be like, hey, we'll do a guaranteed CPM or CPC, right? You can work out deals that float that risk for the affiliate since it's unproven. Mm -hmm. And then once it is proven, you move to pure performance. Yeah, yeah, shift the risk to you, right? Yeah. At the end of the day, the best offer owners and entrepreneurs, the ones that are willing early on to shift the risk at them instead of ask others to share the risk with them. So so shift that on you. And again, if you have, you feel really insecure with that, I would just go try and find somebody that feels less insecure about that and start partnering with them. Um, it would be really advantageous to you. But you want to have at least one traffic source you feel you have control over in your business. It's gonna make you much, much easier just in life in general, um, but but definitely with affiliates or just you know going out and testing offers. If you could do that in-house and have control over that, you're always gonna be better off as a business for sure. That's great. I, I guess piggybacking off that, and last question before we wrap up, but you know, like let's say you, know, you said you, you I've got a proven offer. It is converting on cold traffic, right? I, I have all my data metrics backed out, right? How, you know, it sounds like you, you know, that first, dive into the affiliate realm is an important one. And the first steps that you take are important. It's, I think a lot of entrepreneurs 
are can be hesitant in taking that dive, right? Because there is risk involved. I mean, it's a lot of people for for them, it's time, right? So like, okay, yeah, I know I have to invest a lot of time into this affiliate channel, but how do I know it's going to work out? What do you say to those business owners that are like, okay, I want to try it, but if it doesn't back out right away, I'm going to bail. Like, how do you how do you combat that? I, that's all around the expectation setting, right? Like if your expectations are, we're gonna put it on any network, right? And it's just gonna get to whatever run rate you need it to be in month one. I go back to like when I used to work in organic SEO, it's like, listen, this isn't a short term flash in the plan play. We're trying to build a revenue channel for you that could be 30 to 40% of your customer acquisition. Like how long is that gonna take in reality? Yeah, if it's one month, awesome, right? We knocked it out of the park. But in reality, it's gonna be six plus months of kind of working, testing, refining, because like how mentioned before, the marketing message you have might not be the best fit for affiliates. That's so gonna take some testing, some back and forth, things coming back to the table, have a copywriter to actually give affiliates assets. It's gonna be figuring out what isn't quite working and refining it. And that just takes time and reps. And But the reality is if you have a good top funnel strategy and you have the right type of product fit and the margins to play in it, there's no reason why you can't build that type of volume in. Just the timeline is a big unknown vertical because you are working with essentially these affiliates that are 1099 contractors at the end of the day, right? They're not super tied to your company. They're not W2 employees. You have total control over. So it's learning to work with those types of people and trying to build the right assets to get more of those right types of people, which it's, it's not messy. It's just a new skill that a lot of companies don't have and building that out could take x months right to figure out yeah yeah i mean i would say the same thing it's really expectations right the, the source of all disappointment is just bad expectations yeah. on the front end so if you're getting frustrated with traffic sources a good chance you didn't set clear expectations uh, one of the big things we often seen too is somebody feels like they have really good success on paid media well come to find out that's because they have a super niche product and they could target the perfect audience. It might be like, hey, I'm into Southwestern goat herders. We have this whole thing with little sweaters. We put on these goats for Southwestern goat herders and we crush it on Facebook at $500 a day in spend. I was like, that's fantastic. But how many affiliates is that really going to resonate with? We have a very small pool, meaning that if you're expecting to get a million a month in acquisition off affiliates, that's not a good expectation for you. You need to reframe that. Um, so I think it's just important first to know what's your reasonable expectation of what, what revenue you're going to gain? Like, is it reasonable? And if you're not sure if it is, again, talk to people. Like put it out there. If, if you're putting an expectation of no familiarity in affiliates, please go talk to somebody that does and just ask the question, is this a reasonable expectation? I'm sure that that's a lot of what we do in our initial conversations with business owners is like, okay, what are you expecting? And it's yes, that's reasonable or that is a very unreasonable expectation. I think we need to change and reframe that. And a lot of those expectations are going in when they're set properly. One, you end up adjusting less because you start pointing in the right direction in the first place. Um, and then two, when you need to adjust, it was already built into the plan. So you're gonna have resources allocated. You're gonna be able to know, okay, we need to shift this. Maybe too, sometimes a big one that we run into is the way the marketing is crafted is so dissimilar and not at all what is working on our platform. So it's like, all right, we gotta shift all of this. Um, I was just talking to the client yesterday. They have a very content-based strategy, but products that would work really well to our platform. But man, their marketing is a complete mismatch to what our affiliates would be used to. So we're now talking about, all right, what does this page need to look like? Here's some examples of how you could reconstruct it. And then it's, all right, we need to now extend the timeline 
of expectation for when this is going to start working because we now have an unproven marketing funnel that we'll then have to test after we build it before we even get to talking about affiliates. So you could see how that changes quite a bit. And I just tell people, it's just like Thomas always says, it's a new traffic channel. Go into that traffic channel the same way you would. It's not like affiliates are some magical different thing. You need to understand, are your expectations in line? Are they appropriate? And then if that's the case, what happens when this goes wrong? How are we going to pivot? What standpoint are we going to say that this is too much fail and it's just not right for us, right? Or we're not we're not doing it right. We don't have the right, whatever, right? Um, but, but it's just so much front work in that could eliminate the fear. And so you jump in, not with ignorance, but intelligence. And so you could pivot, expect the right things, know what you're going into and it doesn't have to be a scary process in fact it could simplify the process quite a bit with proper expectation setting from the get-go yeah and what i love about that is that sounds like a ton it's like wow that sounds like way too much but what i find is that when someone is actually crafting these resources and new marketing funnels and new assets for affiliates is that they have all these assets now they can roll across out all their other marketing channels they've made these niche landing pages for this influencer or something, right? Now they have this type of page they can use for their own channel with that new niche. And you see this, and they might, they probably have even better converting landing pages now because they had to build these better converting landing pages for a colder audience that wasn't used to their organic or their warm content plays. And they start rolling that out, which converts better to those warm traffic channels or to their own paid media. And it really lifts all their marketing efforts and their customer acquisition across all their channels as they start kind of playing with this. Because you get this whole fun split testing thing happening with an army of affiliates, quote unquote doing all this stuff and your own internal team arming them. You can just roll that out across and start split testing that in other places. And you'll see surprising lifts. Yeah, yeah. And that's what I was saying earlier. Like that's one of the great things and powers of affiliates is if your marketing isn't where you think it needs to be, if acquisition is a struggle for you, boy, affiliate marketing is a really nice place to refine that because all of a sudden you build this landing page that's targeted for cold audiences and cold audiences in this specific vein. Well, that's one affiliate, but there are, thousands and millions of customers that might be in that same vein that I can now use paid media and the same strategies to go out and scale so much faster. So testing is a proof of ground, whether you're the affiliate or using affiliates, it's an incredibly amazing strategy um, knowing that you know there, there's just a lot of scalability, whether it's with affiliates or outside of affiliates through this industry. So don't be afraid, just be prepared. And, and that step becomes a lot easier. That's great, that's good stuff. Thanks guys.